Hello, everyone. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast was recorded and is made available to you by Whitley Penn LLP and WP Wealth LLP solely for informational purposes. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are general in nature and are not intended to be construed as the provision of financial or investment advice by Whitley Penn or WP Wealth. The information discussed in this podcast is accurate as of the day it was recorded, but may then become outdated over time. Please feel free to contact us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns in regard to the content presented. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. everyone. Thank you for joining us on another edition of WP Talks. My name is Bree Miller. I'm a senior associate in our WP Wealth Group here at Whitley Penn. Uh, today I'm joined by Shauna Reinhardt, an attorney at Ferris, Harris Finley Bogle, and Shane Miller, a senior advisor in our WP Wealth Group. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Bree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We wanted to join forces today to uh, address the topic of estate planning. You know, in light of the re- the ongoing pandemic and ever-changing legislation to tax reform and relief packages, estate planning has really become a focus in both of our practices. Um, in our wealth group, you know, as a, a comprehensive approach to financial planning, you know, estate planning is always a discussion that we're having with our clients. Um, but I know for you, Shauna, you've recently taken a larger role in estate planning in your practice, um, you know, in light of, of COVID-19. So kind of what's your story in entering the, the field of estate planning and providing guidance there? Sure. So I am an oil and gas attorney. That's my main practice. But when things hit in March with the pandemic and um, the energy or the oil prices dropped, there was no place to store oil. It was an overall crisis for our clients. And we got to the point where we were trying to figure out, well, there is no there's no drilling. Rigs are getting laid down. There's no work to be had. So how can we be most helpful for our clients? And at the beginning, that was digging into the oil and gas um, issues. Like how can we uncover issues or at least spark interest or ideas for the clients to figure out what's going to be most useful for them in this time? And then after a while, it got to the point where I was getting phone calls from my clients and my friends. They were getting laid off. I was getting seeing on LinkedIn every single week, people losing their jobs, people that I care about, people that I work with, the people that I call friends, I have families. And so then I kind of you know started thinking a little bit more like, wow, how can I help these people? What can I do? And it just came to me like, people probably, they're so focused on the immediate, they're not thinking about how this is trickling off and affecting other areas of their life. So maybe I'll join forces with my friend Shane and we come up with a piece to help people think about, well, maybe I need to be thinking about this. Maybe I need to revisit this. Maybe these are things that I've never thought about that I need to be thinking about because I have a family. I have decisions that need to be made that are gonna affect the future. And so that's basically when I picked up the phone is like, Shane, what can we do? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll, I'll add to that. So the, the piece that we put out, you know, in, in the midst of the pandemic really was about covering up your risk and focusing on the home. And if something like this, uh, you know, happened to you, um, what's, what's the game plan? And so uh, we put a, a pretty high level piece about um, estate planning and how it needs to be coordinated and who does what and kind of a quick checklist of things to review. 
um, we put it out there and um, you know shared it with with our friends and, and those people who you know we noticed were, were affected by this. So um, I think that that's really where all this started. And then we thought, you know, maybe we take a little bit of a deeper dive by doing this podcast episode, so we can really talk, um, you know, at a deeper level about some of these topics. Mm-hmm. So I know people were affected by um, the pandemic and still are, and um, so that's kind of shined a light on the need to get their estate and wealth plan in order. Uh, What kinds of questions or concerns did clients reach out or friends and family that that really highlighted there might be an estate issue for them um, that they need some guidance on? For me, it wasn't necessarily about huge estate planning issues, it was more of, you know, we have, we've set, people who have set their estate plans and their financial plans had it set for that stage in life. And I was just thinking, based on the questions that they're saying or asking or the things that they're telling me, there are some things that they need to change now that could have a detrimental effect on them if they, if they don't take it, like bring it to attention now. And so that was like, these are things that they're so um, concerned about understandably at this very moment but there are other things down the line that they need to be thinking about to help them and not add more stress to their life right yeah and you know it's interesting being in uh, you know wealth planning we talk to so many people at different stages of life and often it's no I don't even have my basic estate planning documents and mm-hmm. I'm you know trying to plan for retirement I'm you know I'm near the end of my career and you know, I'm fortunate that nothing has happened that I didn't need those documents, but I, you know, I kind of want to get that in order now. Um, you know, same thing with, with life insurance, you know, people like life starts to happen, right? I've got kids now that when I wrote my original documents, they weren't born yet. So I need to revisit that. And so, um, I think kind of bringing this topic up again is an opportunity to kind of renew and refresh those plans. And then also in light of where we're at in the world, right, and the changes um, that have ta- that have happened from tax law and the economy, and you know how industries are changing, and and um, you know this health crisis, it, um, it really uh, is important to make sure that um, you're agile in your plans, that you're you're um, making the appropriate changes to to stay on top. Yeah, and let's be honest, this is a scary topic. Like thinking about death is scary. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to think about. So we just kind of, you know, put our heads in the sand. We don't like to think about money and debt and all that other stuff. But this is the kind of thing that we really want to draw to people's attention. It's very important. Take care of it and then let's move on with our lives. But but we can rest easily knowing that our family is taken care of right. in the future. Right. Absolutely. Right. Shane, you mentioned, you know, kind of the world we're living in and how it's ever changing, um, especially from a, a tax standpoint. Yeah. Um, you know, we're currently operating on under current tax law. Uh, it's set to sunset in 2025. Um, there's gonna be some um, implications of that on estate planning, as well as with the election coming up, maybe a change in administration. Um, how do you see how do you see that affecting the way you're approaching giving guidance on estate planning? Yeah, absolutely. And um, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act actually doubled, essentially doubled the uh, the exemption, the estate planning exemption. And when that sunsets in 2025, we're going to be at a, at a much lower level, so that more people are likely to have estate tax, right? And so if there's things that you can be doing now, gifting, you know, things like 
um, you know, structuring your, your estate in a way that you are under that exemption amount, that's going to be beneficial. And you want to make those decisions um, as early as you can. If you see that this is going to be an issue down the road, it's probably prudent to start taking steps towards estate tax minimization. Um, and so, uh, you know, the other thing is we've got an election this year and some of the um, uh, some of the tax law changes that are be, being proposed, um, if, um, if there's a, a change in the White House, um, include, you know, not having a step up in basis, which would be huge, having a much, much lower um, exemption, um, which subjects more people to a state tax. Um, so those are really big uh, topics that a lot of people, uh, you know, have, have current structure around the current world we live in. But, you know, you got to be mindful of this is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, you know, the SECURE Act passed in January of yeah. this year, which provided some reform to, reti- to the retirement system. Um, and then the CARES Act passing in March. Um, as a you know result of the economic downfall and um, caused by COVID nineteen, so what are some implications that those two packages have yeah. on estate planning? Yeah, so the Secure Act, you know, we're kind of seeing this trend of more and more legislation coming out that's putting the responsibility of retirement on the individual, taking a lot of that off of pension or government pension, Social Security and incentivizing, providing an incentive for people to start planning for your own retirement. So tax credits to set up plans, participate in plans, um, but also they are um, kind of sweetening the pot by saying, okay, we'll give you a little bit more time before you have required minimum distributions. Um, and then something to be aware of though, as a result of the SECURE Act is the stretch IRA, which was really a a tool to transfer tax deferred assets to the next generation and then allow them to take those assets out over their lifetime um, was a much smaller tax hit to the inheritor. Uh, But now uh, the SECURE Act states that all of those assets have to come out within 10 years. So, you know, if you think about it, at at a time of your life where you're likely inheriting assets, you're probably well into the prime of your career. You're earning a lot. So if you also inherit a big tax deferred asset, you have to put that lumped into your return. You know, that's going to take a big bite out of what, you know, your folks worked hard to accumulate. So. Um, just thinking about those things, how can you be creative with maybe doing some Roth conversions or, or things like that? Um, and then be mindful of the fact that we have very low tax rates now. Does it make sense to maybe pay a little bit more in taxes now because the future looks like we could have higher tax rates? So uh, everybody's situation is different, but just evaluating all of that's important. And then the CARES Act, you know, kind of opened up this, it, it almost turned the SECURE Act on its head because it said, you know, we got to get money in the, the hands of folks because there's a pandemic. And so they opened up uh, 401k loans, for example. You take 100% of your 401k out. That is, that's kind of scary, to be honest with you, you know? And, and so um, they said, well, let's, let's have you save for retirement. And then, okay, if you really need it, you can take it all out. So it's, what's the message here? Um, so I just... Uh, I think that this highlights the importance of working with a wealth planner, 
who can give you guidance on, you know, I mean, these two things popped up this year. And if somebody's not talking to you about how does this affect my situation, I, I think you need you need that in your life. Yeah, both of those acts are, there are a lot of moving parts in them. There's a lot of information and it's really hard to, to read and digest some of that information. And so a couple of things that I took away from that, from the SECURE Act as well, that maybe people don't know of, and I actually think that people should dig into this further and reach out to people so that you can figure out which part of these acts are gonna best help me in my specific situation. And that's that's the key to it, is there's something in there for everybody, you just gotta figure out what it is and not have to dig through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that the required minimal distribution start at 72 instead of 70 and a half, that's gonna affect a lot of people. Um, you know, we talked about the 10 years after a death. And another thing that is probably gonna be important to a lot of people, especially in this environment, is that there are penalty-free withdrawals for um, for birth and adoption mm-hmm. expenses, which up to $5,000 is a big expense that some mm-hmm. of us are gonna bear this year. And last year, it wasn't as big of a deal, and this year things have changed, and that, it's important. And so that's something that people probably aren't aware that is in this big, scary legislative act, that you just, if you dig in and you talk to someone, you can find some kind of benefit for yourself out of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, uh, also with the CARES Act for, uh, you know, most people, you have to take your required minimum distribution every year. The CARES Act said you don't have to take it this year, which is really bizarre. And so, uh, you know, I encourage everybody to, if you if you are in that situation where you were planning to take a, a distribution, really look at your tax picture. You know, if if it benefits you to go ahead and take it, even though you're not required to, Maybe you do, maybe you do it at a lower level, um, but that's where working with a, a tax advisor, um, you know, and, and a wealth planner kind of working together, that's super important. And then also as it relates to your estate plan, if you have a large estate, maybe you're seeing this as an opportunity to take some money out or make direct charitable gifts or mm-hmm. all, all sorts of stuff. Right. So, you know, estate planning is something that kind of naturally evolves. Um, from needing basic estate documents to uh, maybe using some more sophisticated techniques uh, to shelter wealth or uh, for next generation planning. Um, Shauna, can you talk to us kind of about how you see the evolution of estate planning for a typical client and kind of where it starts? Sure, I think the key first of all is that we're all in different situations. And so these things that I'll talk about, some of the basics are, are things that I think that probably everyone needs, but everyone's individual cir- circumstances are different. On the surface, Shane and I look like we're living very, very similar lives, but when you dig down, our needs are very different. And so there are different things that you need to talk to your estate planning attorney about and make sure that they're covered. But I think as a start, um, you most people probably need a will. There are certain situations, young adults, don't have any assets, just have debts, don't have children or spouse. And so it may not make sense to spend the time and the money for it, but definitely as your situation in life changes or evolves, that you should really consider getting a will because you're able to control how your assets pass, you're able to control some tax implications, and, and it's something that should and can be revisited very often to change and update as things change. Um, another document that I think almost everybody should have is the statutory durable power of attorney. And that's something for, not for death, but if something happens, if you're in a car wreck, if you get incapacitated, something happens, your family isn't stressed in figuring out how to make decisions without you and getting things done. And that's just something we you know, don't think will ever happen to us, and it happens all the time. I'm, I'm in it with a family member right now. 
And unfortunately, the family thought about it too late, and she's not in the position where she can sign the things. And so we're having to get creative and spend time and money and resources that we wouldn't have to if this was in place. Mm-hmm. With that, there's also the medical power of attorney. So the statutory durable power of attorney deals with assets and finances and things like that. And your medical is about making medical decisions for you. <clears throat> if you're not and if you're incapacitated and you're not in a position to, to make those decisions, you want someone that you trust, who you've been able to talk to about your wishes, your desires, how you want to be treated, what kind of actions you want taken, and you give that power to, to that person and you, you trust that if the time ever arises, then they're able to implement the decisions that you would make for yourself that you're incapable of making. Um, and along with that, um, a lot of times it's, it's important to have a directive um, to physicians. and. The reason for that is if you don't want to be kept alive, kept on artificial life uh, support or you don't want your family members to make that decision, even if you tell them, I don't want to be on life support, that's a hard decision to make for someone and you carry a lot of guilt. Mm-hmm. And so if you make that decision ahead of time, you're not burning your family with having to make that decision, having to second guess that decision. So that's also a very important decision or an important document to have. Um, another one that should be considered is a designation of guardian, and that can be with respect to your minor children, who you choose to be the guardian of your children if something were to happen to you, um, or for yourself if you become incapacitated, you might need a guardian. And that you, there's two different types there's of the estate and there's of the person, and they make different decisions. It could be the same person, it could not be the same person. You may want someone to make decisions about your estate and someone to make personal decisions for you. Um, That's important because if a court intervenes and a guardian is appointed, then that's gonna trump your power of attorney. Mm -hmm. And getting a court involved is is expensive, it's taxing, it's time consuming, and if you have that designation in place, that's gonna help a court make the best decision for you, who you prefer. They're not always going to go by it, but more likely than not, if you have a designation guardian in place, that person is probably going to be the person who's chosen. Um, the last document that I probably would suggest someone to look into is the HIPAA authorization. So if you, like with my family member now, she's in the hospital and she's not able to communicate information for us, we're able to call and get that information. We're able to get records. We're able to talk to the doctors, especially now we're not allowed in the hospital. We're not allowed to be there. And so it's really hard to figure out, well, how is her care going to be when she gets out of the hospital? Because we don't have any information. We're having to rely on her to give it to us. But now that we have a HIPAA release, they're able to give us that information that we need to make the transition smooth and help her make better decisions when she's out. Yeah. You know, and I'll, I'll just add to that, you know, when these events happen, it is such a gut punch. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything stops. Emotions are so heightened. And so if you have a clear plan, right, you've talked to these individuals, it's stated in a document, it takes so much stress off the family, and it, and it also helps them um, be very rational, right, which, it, you know, it's, it's a stressful situation. And so anything you can do to, to help your family members, God forbid anything happens, it's it's a set of documents that is, is it's worth having. It's absolutely worth having. And it's worth revisiting. Um, you know, I kind of look at, at uh, any life event that happens, revisit your, your estate plan. Mm-hmm. You know, new kid, new home, you know, new business, whatever it is. Anytime a life event happens, put your eyes back on your plan. 
Yeah. And it's funny, people don't really realize, oh yeah, that could happen, but what's the practical aspect of it? You know, I don't have a lot, or what would they really need to do? And I see it all the time in my oil and gas practice where assets need to be sold. Do you, and someone's incapacitated, do you have the proper authority to do it? If you don't, that's tough, and that's money that could be recouped to spend on that person to help them. Um, there's guardian issues. Do you, you know, they need a guardian? Do they have a guardian? Another thing that we see are trust and how that helps distribute assets the way that a person wants. Um, that's a good mechanism to use. It's not the best mechanism for everybody, but that's something that you should really consider. Another thing that I don't think that people really understand is when you have whether you have a will or you don't, the way that your property passes. We all probably, if you don't know the law, then you think, well, it's just going to go to my wife or it's just going to go to my kids. And you don't see how it gets divided. You don't see the multiple people that are probably involved. You don't see the discord that can happen. And those are things that you really want to think about because when it does come time that a decision needs to be made about leasing or about selling, a lot of times those people have to get on the same page. And, and a lot of times people have an interest that you didn't want to have an interest or you didn't think would get an interest. And so it really is important to think about this stuff now and at least find out and get your questions answered. Who would get it? Why should I do this? Is this important that I do now? And Because it will have effects for a long time, even after you're gone. Right. I think that's a great kind of basic list of documents and designations that need to get in order, regardless of where you are at in your uh, career and your um, your wealth and things like that. Um, you know, some as wealth grows, um, there's more sophisticated techniques you can use um, in your estate plan. You know, I know. Shane, you kind of mentioned charitable giving. Mm -hmm. We recently worked with a client that um, inherited some assets, one being a large investment account. Um, They were interested, the client was interested in doing some um, tithing um, at a at a larger level, and so we, you know, recognize the opportunity to use a charitable gift fund mm-hmm. in gifting these um, highly appreciated assets, uh, securities, into a gift fund um, to, you know, kind of shelter some of the tax burden that he would have recognized had he sold the yeah. securities outright and gifted that way. Um, and so, there's a lot of techniques like that that you can use. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned um, earlier different styled accounts, Roth accounts, uh, traditional retirement accounts, after-tax accounts, and then different entity structures that a that a, a client could use or a person could use to to accomplish transfer of wealth. So, can we kind of share some of those interesting um, techniques that you've used in your practices? Yeah. So, uh, so as it relates to charitable giving, that client receive these assets, they get a step up in basis and, and they're seeing it as, okay, well, I want to give cash to this charity. And we thought, well, wait a second, you already have assets that you own personally that have this gain in it. If we gift the securities, we give a better gift, right? We give a better gift to the charitable gift fund. We avoid capital gains tax. We still keep the intent of their, their uh, charitable giving. But then we use the the cash to rebalance the accounts. And so we're accomplishing all of the goals, but we're just doing it in a more efficient manner. Whereas if you would have gone this alone, you maybe would have given the cash direct and you'd pay the the capital gains tax. And so, you you know, I think that having, um, you know, somebody 
help you help guide you and bring these ideas to you is really important you know um, as it relates to structure estate planning structure you know I mean um, as uh, as your estate grows and you need uh, more sophisticated structure you know you got to start thinking about you know, life insurance for example so if, if I'm in a taxable state and I have a life insurance policy and it's not owned appropriately, I maybe have just added to my estate tax bill inadvertently when that could actually be uh, owned in something like an islet, irrevocable life insurance trust, and accomplish, um, a, accomplish a different goal, right? And so um, that's why you know, I say that everything has to be coordinated. So your estate, estate planning attorney and your wells planner got to be hand in hand on this because, you know, for example, if, uh, you know, in that, in that situation just described, if you buy a life insurance policy, but you don't put it in the entity, or if you set up an entity and it doesn't own the life insurance policy, you really haven't done any, any good. Right. So I think gifting is something that people are talking a lot about right now Mm. for many different reasons. Um, because the, the exclusion amount got increased and we're going to be decreasing it. Um, but also, the value of different properties have changed so much in this year. Like the value of minerals have gone down, but the housing market has exploded. And so, it's really important to, well, first of all, to just consideration your consider your situation in life. You don't want to be out there gifting all your assets if you it's going to be to your detriment in the future. But if it will help you alleviate some tax issues and um, help with end of life planning then it's something that you should revisit, but you should really take into consideration the best assets to give right now and what's gonna be most beneficial to you and beneficial to people receiving them. So that's just another thing that it's helpful to talk it out with someone else who can help you see a different perspective instead of just, oh, let me just make some gifts. I know I can make $15,000 to whoever I want each year. I'll just give out, but you really should be strategic in how you approach that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I think a question that I've seen come up um, amongst clients a lot is when is it the right time to start using a trust versus just using your simple will that you've uh, you know made designations for that you want your assets to pass through. So when do you guys advise a trust to be um, the next best step outside of a will? Yeah, replacing your assets. I, th- I think it has to do with with what's the goal, right? So if if somebody's trying to avoid probate, for example, right, then you you know you could use a uh, a living trust and and the thing that's kind of tricky about that is everything in your world needs to go into that trust and so we see it often that people set up a trust structure because they think they need it but they're not necessarily operating their world that way right and so um, again that's kind of where the coordination comes in and so you know uh, a, a trust um, it can also be really effective at di- dividing assets in a, in a very specific manner. So we see it a lot with, uh, you know, strange family dynamic or, uh, you know, we got a problem child or we've got a, uh, you know, second or third marriage. These are my assets, my kids, that kind of thing. And so if, if you're trying to accomplish a very specific goal, trust documents can be really instrumental in getting that done, um, you know, and, uh, uh, Bree and I work with with a lot of clients that you know have complex trusts and um, have very specific intent, and um, so it's something that we're we're both uh, well versed in it, as is Shauna. And so um, you know, and then you you know you talked about kind of 
uh, an interesting topic about the the value of certain assets in this wacky economy we've got going on. And you know, uh, you look at things like discounting um, and gifting, um, and especially because the gifts right now are retroactive. You know, you can gift a lot right now, and it still falls under. Uh, the current tax code and so it might be really an opportune time to do that um, so if you have an asset that's you know a lower value now but the ex- expected value is gonna uh, blow up in the future you know you may consider passing that to a next generation at a, at a lower valuation and that growth occurs outside of your estate so um, so yeah yeah I think that's a great a great point great advice and I think it kind of leads to again bringing it back to the importance of you know having an advisor having an attorney on your side um you know you mentioned with the trust if if you set up a trust but don't put everything in it then you're not accomplishing the purpose of the trust and so you know what do you guys when do you suggest um a person kind of engage an attorney or a financial planner to help them evaluate their estate plan and then what is the importance of the coordination between the two Okay. So I think I think it wouldn't hurt now. And there are attorneys out there, and I don't want to speak for financial planners or financial advisors, but that will do free consultations and just talk out your issues. Is this something that I need to visit now? Is this something I need to keep in mind for the future? Um, what should I? Let's put a plan in place, and and that's that's you need to figure out your roadmap first of all. And and I think it's just helpful to reach out now because. You may think you know your situation, and until you talk to someone and dig deeper, you really don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, with respect to the coordination, I think it's extremely important, and I can say in real life, you know, I'm an attorney, Shane is a financial advisor, and we talk our, we talk our, not our situations, but these type of situations all the time, in our own personal lives too. Something that I'm thinking on our end, okay, well this is what we have under control, I'm an attorney, I know this, well Shane will be like, well let's shed light on this part, and let's think about this, and maybe you wanna you know, go this route. And so I think it's really important to blend those and have everyone on the same page, and when they're all working together, then they can make the best plan that's gonna work for you specifically. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I, I really think of it as um, when you when you become a grown up, right? You know, when you when you get married, when you have the kiddos, you buy the house, right? So you've got stuff, you've got people that that care that depend on you, right? That's when you probably need to really sit down and think about it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're uh, you know first job out of college, I don't know that you need it yet. You know, mm-hmm. wait wait till you you find the one and 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 get married and you know that kind of stuff. But as soon as you got somebody who's counting on you, yeah. you know, I think that's when you do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, kind of to tie it up, what are some questions um, that someone should be asking themselves when they're thinking about their estate plan to determine if is it up to date, is it current, and is it is it what I'm what I'm wanting? Yeah. So I think um, you know that's that's a good question. I think that you have to first of all know kind of what does my balance sheet look like and what am I trying to accomplish. And when you get clear about those things, then you give, you ask better questions to your professionals and they can guide you in a more meaningful way. And so if, if you don't have those ducks in a row first, you're going to have a, a tough conversation that you kind of, you know, going to have to do some homework and come back to it. So I, I put those ducks in a row and then get in touch with a professional and, uh, you know, Shauna's firm, Harris Finley Bogle, they have awesome folks that can take care of you. Um, and uh, 
you know, we've said it a couple of times, but the power of coordination, especially as, you know, you start to really get into accumulation mode, you're reducing debt, and you're getting into accumulation mode in your life. You have to have uh, both parties singing off the same choir sheet, right? Right. And we're on the exact same page. My, my recommendation would be, where am I at now? And what are my goals and where do I want to be? So be real honest and do the hard work. Look at the debt. Look at your financial situation. Look at your assets. Do all the things that none of us want to do that's buried on our to-do list and we just never find time to do it. Like <laughs> Dig into it. Be real. Be honest. And then think about, okay, I'm here now, but I'm not going to be here forever. So where do I want to be and how am I going to get there? And talk about that with your professionals because they can help you reach those goals quicker if you're if you're honest and you're upfront and you you do your homework for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's great. So before we let you go, I want to direct everyone to the piece that Shauna and Shane recently put out titled "How Current Is Your Estate and Wealth Plan." Um, it provides kind of a basic checklist to assist with the evaluation and you know updating of your estate and wealth plan. Uh, you can find that checklist at our WP Wealth website at wpwealth.com under the News and Insights Brochures tab. I want to thank you both for joining us today and sharing your experiences and expertise. And thank you to the listeners for joining and tuning in. Uh, to this episode of WP Talks. We have several more podcasts on the horizon, so please stay tuned. We'd love to have you join us again. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.